Welcome to the Get Offset Podcast. My name is Emily. And my name is Andrew. And we are coming at you from Seattle, Washington, doing a normal episode for the first time in like two or three weeks. Woohoo! Yeah, I mean, it's nice to nice to break up the monotony a little bit. I had Charlie Bliss on two weeks ago, and then last week, of course, was your Nam episode. Right, right. No, well, I don't know. Is it Nam I mean, or Nam? I know I've talked I think about it's this before. Nam. Yeah. Um, the, the amount of Vietnam jokes I heard while I was there was actually kind of surprising. That is surprising, but I guess people like easy jokes. Yeah, it, it's it's low hanging fruit. It really is. I'm always embarrassed when I make such like a low hanging joke and then people respond well to it. I'm like, this is boring. Yeah, I I'm I'm constantly surprised at how easily some people are entertained. Not, not like in a negative way. I'm just like really happy. I'm sorry, I was not paying attention to you at that moment. No, I'm used to it. <laughs> no, life is almost normal for me. Uh, actually recording this not from my home studio because I sort of don't really have access to my home right now and haven't had access to my workshop, my studio, or anything like that due to uh, a series of just unbelievably unfortunate and seemingly unrelated events of my house basically just falling apart on me. Oof. It is what it is. No one's been injured yet. And I'd like to keep it that way. And I'm sure in a couple months, we'll all be laughing quite heartily about it. <laughs> but That's the show true. must go on. It's not stopping me. I, I've i adapted. I've, in, I've learned to survive. You know, it's all about survival. So still here yes. doing the show because yes. I love every last one of you so much. Even the ones who leave reviews where they hate you. <laughs> I mean... You gotta spice up life a little bit. I don't expect everybody to love me back. It doesn't have to be reciprocal. I just I want you to know if you hate me, I still love you. And th- th- it's gonna take a lot to change that. You're gonna have to work harder. <laughs> Speaking of reviews, uh, we always forget to say this at the top of the show. Uh, a little bit of housekeeping. If you're looking for a way to support the show while spending zero dollars, uh, leave us a nice little review on iTunes. It really helps us in all of the uh, algorithm type ways. Um, plus it just helps really buff up my ego and you know I, I definitely need my ego to be stroked yeah yeah Fe- feed me please speaking of your feed uh, is there any reason that like a very staticky sound would be happening right now that you can think of no oh you're very staticky very suddenly very staticky well, I've changed nothing. Yes, I understand. I'm sure it's just the way it's coming through on the feed, and we'll continue to record as is. Great. That means I'm going to probably have to mute between every time you talk. I'll just make sure to never stop talking. Hold on one second. Let me try something. Yep, it's uh, it's on your feed, but... We'll figure it out. <sighs> Did it go away for a second there? It went away when you muted yourself. Weird. Yeah. It's not as bad well, now. It's just something different. Well. That's actually a lot better. So what's new with you? 
Uh, in my gear world or in my life world? Yes. All of yes. it. Spill the tea. So Sip this- the tea. <laughs> I'm not drinking tea. I'm actually drinking a caffeine-free Coke. Oh. But <laughs> I am, it's, uh, like, it's like Coke, but without any of the fun. I used to drink those in high school. I liked them. Um, but wasn't drinking caffeine uh i had some shows this weekend and they were adventures um so we were going to we were unable to rehearse uh like my band normally does on wednesdays because there was a shooting in downtown seattle my our drummer was fine but stranded down there so we said oh well let's just have something like around happy hour on friday we'll go to the rehearsal space so that day the drummer then messages us and he's like i'm just not feeling very good you guys i think i ate some bad vegan a's or something, or I have the flu. And uh, so he's like, I won't make it to rehearsal. So we're like, well, we hope he's good enough for the show. So um, Jenna and Isaac and I are just kind of playing around. Isaac's amp stops working, but thankfully Rick has a backup bass amp. So we were able, we've been able to use that for shows and that's going to live at the rehearsal space for a while until Isaac can get a new amp solution. And, uh, then I messaged Dan from the group, ch- our drummer from the group chat to be like, Hey buddy, you feeling better? He proceeds to, to group video chat, all of us from the ER. He accidentally went, he was thought he was trying to, he was supposed to go to urgent care. And he ended up in an ER to get a saline drip and some other things. And he's what? like, he's like, I don't think I'm going to be able to make it to the show in Olympia tomorrow. So the bassist stays up all night making really cute uh, is the best way to describe them. Midi drum tracks of all the songs. Aww. Yeah, and it was very hard to not just crack up the entire time we played that show in Olympia. But they did it. They Isaac did it oh, like basically in 12 hours. Did, did like 10 or 11 drum tracks like just as they were on the record. And it sounded like an N64 was playing backup for us. <laughs> <laughs> Which was pretty amazing. Uh, and then last night, we uh, got to open for Joey and Leneve. Uh, if you listened to our episode, No Music for Ice, then you know Joey. We did a whole interview with them um, about the campaign, basically musicians boycotting Amazon because of their support of uh, ICE. And that was really, really great. Like there were four. That was a fun episode. I really enjoyed episode. that one. It was a fun show. A lot of energy and everyone on the bill was different, but kind of also in the same vein and very good. It was really, really fun. Um, So I was glad that I finally got to meet Joey and got to play a show together. And I just love that part of, of music is making, making new friends and meeting, meeting new people. And sometimes these internet friendships become real. Oh, for sure. But as far as gear, um, I've gotten the most recent thing I've picked up is the uh, big ear did this little shaker pedal. It's like you, it's literally a shaker mm-hmm. that you then plug in through effects. And I haven't been able, I haven't even plugged it in yet, but uh, Grant asked me if I wanted a special one-off pink enclosure for him. Like, hell yes, I do. Uh, and then Grant and Karen sent me not just a pedal, but a bottle of that hot sauce that they, they have on their web store. And it is delightful. Absolutely. If you're if you're buying a pedal from them, you might you're gonna want to add that hot sauce to the cart. Um, I want hot sauce. I know everybody wants hot sauce. Wait, I think I forgot that they did that, and now I'm reminded. And 
Now I'm I'm literally gonna look this up right now. Big ears house. Yeah. We're gonna go handmade effects in Nashville. Hello there. Uh, missed opportunity. Their website just says hello. But if it said hello there, then I could say General Kenobi. Oh, sweet um, Jesus. That was Star too much. Um, this one says, hey there, you're so close. Grant, Karen, I need you to update the website to say hello there and um, get some general grievous vibes going on. That would be great. I don't see I don't see the sauce on there anymore. I don't see but the sauce did. in there. Oh, I do see the shake, though. But I, I, I did see that they lowered all their prices by $20. They did lower the prices by 20, uh, 20 bucks. And mm-hmm. also the shake is $69 and I don't know about you, but on principle that just that price alone is worth buying it for. Oh yeah. As I sit here oh, and giggle, yeah. giggle like a middle schooler, but, uh, yeah, man, if they had hot sauce, I might've just impulse bought that live on the show. <laughs> the shake. No, no. The hot sauce. Oh yeah, no, it's good. I'm sorry that uh, it's by a brand called Weak Sauce, so it's very similar to one of their other sauces. But that's all I have to say about that, I suppose. I think it's no, the roast. I'm... It's the roast, and the roast has cilantro, and the peppers are roasted. Um, I think are the two differences. So that's very, very similar. I think is Weak Sauce the roast. Yeah, well, I, I want the bigger one specifically. I'm, I'm not able to find it. It happens. Well, moving forward. Onward and upward. That sounds like quite the weekend. You know, next time your drummer like almost dies. Well, next time your drummer is like about to die and is in the ER, uh, you should. Oh, call Collie. You were up. out of town. I was out of town. If it had been any other weekend, uh, I might have been able to just drop everything and showed up to learn the songs. Ooh, they got. They have some weird. I know you haven't seen us. They have some weird stops in them. There's lots of counting. Uh, that's what drums are for. <laughs> <laughs> you true. say that like that's difficult. You just have to know the song. Mm, true, but still. Fun story. My my uh, my stick bag finally gave out on me. So I've got all of my drumsticks sitting in a pile on my desk, and I need. That I need to order another stick bag so I can actually store them, but they're just like rolling around on my desk at home. That doesn't sound like the best thing in the world. It's a little stressful because they're like kind of stacked up on top of each other. But if I move something on my desk that's helping hold up the pile, they like they like un- unfold themselves and roll all over my desk. It's kind of stressful. Yeah. Have you heard of rubber bands? I mean, yeah, but then that's like the least rock and roll thing ever. Is it? Is it really the least rock and roll thing ever? Well, I mean, the other option is just hearing the sound of drumsticks clanking around. That's pretty rock and roll. But is it the least rock and roll? I don't even think it's the least rock and roll drum related thing in the world. I think that would be Uh, fingerless gloves while playing drums. I think that's very un-rock and roll unless you are in Cheap Trick. That's the only exception. Uh, you know, even then, I'm going to disagree with you. That That's perfectly acceptable. Uh-huh. Yeah, sure. So dorky. Fingerless gloves are fine. So dorky. I, I, I didn't say they weren't, but I, I'll allow it. 
sure. Yeah, 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 yeah. Cool. Um, so I, I have, I do have a show coming up. I have, I'm playing February 5th at the Tractor Tavern with a Hannah Abrams band. It'll be my one show with that group. So. Ooh. Yes. Uh, so that'll be fun. Tractor Tavern. I've always wanted to play at the Tractor Tavern, partially because if you play at the Tractor Tavern, you get, um, you get, you get a discount at the, at Hattie's Hat. And I love that place and haven't been in so long. Hattie's Hat. Isn't that where we, where we met? We met yeah, we got breakfast that one time. We, yeah, that was on record store day um, in 2018, I guess. I think it was the first time we actually met in person. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it was. That's correct. Pretty wild. Well, I've got like a ridiculous list of things uh, that's new with me after months of having relatively little to report on. I've moved some things around and I uh, I, I have to tell you about that mm-hmm. new Jennings. I yeah, got, totally. For starters. Uh, first off, I still haven't named it and I'm looking for Frank. suggestions. Ted. Theodore. Windermere. Windermere. No, it's got to be. It's got to be. I mean, remember, I'm, I I love puns so much. It's got to have. It's got to be a play on words to some degree or another. So you're trying to crowdsource your guitar's name. So we'll. we'll I'm trying to crowdsource my guitar's name. I'm trying to. There's no guarantee I'm going to take anything, but I'm. Uh, I'm definitely open to suggestions. Trying to think it out. Um, but no, the, the thing plays the the neck shape on it is so comfortable. I've just been noodling on it quite a bit when I um, when I can. All the uh, the the plumbing issues that happened at the house last week, I packed up to stay somewhere else for a few nights and uh, definitely brought it with me. Like I, I was not about like I just got this thing. I was not about to let it just like sit at home while I was away. Yeah, while your whole house and while your whole house smells not great. Well, I mean, there's that. And, oh, this is yeah. I had sewage backed up into my showers. Good times. But yeah. it is what it is. No one's died yet. And it, it, it can't be worse than coronavirus. No. No, it cannot be worse. Did You went through the airport on the day that that person went through the Seattle airport with coronavirus. You know that, right? Yeah, I believe that. That wouldn't shock me. No. How you, so how you feeling, bud? Um, <laughs> you know, actually, funny you say that. My throat is a little sore right now. Oh, no. No. Yeah. It's a lot of um, fear-mongering, honestly, I think. Right. I mean, it, it kind of just, from what I've read, it kind of reminds me of the uh, news coverage on swine flu. Like, it sucks, but, like, I remember my buddy got swine flu, and he was out of school for a few days, but it, I mean, it was just like a really, really bad flu. I could see like for it's like immunocompromised folks, that would be really scary. I'm not too worried right. about myself, but be well, more worried about other members of my family. But that's like, that's any flu that can, can down people. But I think that the swine flu is deadlier than the coronavirus seems to be. Well, we don't know yet. And you know what? Honestly, we're a little overdue for a new plague. Overpopulation has become a nuisance. 
So, you know, like if it just cut down just a little bit. You know, the the 20s and every single one, the 1820s and 1920s both had plagues. You know, I've been seeing that float around the internet. And frankly, I have no idea if that's even true. Because I don't remember what plague happened in the 20s last decade, last century. It might be the Spanish flu. Or, no one expects the Spanish or, Inquisition. Or, or honestly, it might have actually, you know, bubonic plague is its own thing, right? Well, yeah, but that was like the 1600s, wasn't it? It was um, Spanish. No, the bubonic. Or was it the 1700s? Listen, Rats. The, the, oh, God. You're fun, I just like <laughs> them. Um, I'm pretty sure that the uh, 1920s was the uh, Spanish flu. Yeah, it's the Spanish flu. And that was eight, 1918 through 1920. Killed up to 100 million people because it was during World War One, and everyone just wanted to pretend like there wasn't there wasn't like a problem but also bubonic plague had out at an outburst in china in 1910 to 1912 that killed uh, 40,000 that's it 40,000 people dude i don't know these plagues have really got to step up their game if they're going to put a dent in the world population come on uh 1820s had a yellow fever outbreak that killed less than 100,000 people what I do know about the coronavirus is I'm like kind of torn between thinking, ha ha, it's a funny play on words and kind of like, uh, is that okay to say though? Because people have been calling it the uh, the Kung flu. Oh, don't do that. Don't say that. And I just wanted to throw it there for the record. If you think it's funny, I mean, it, it's a clever play on words. I'm not sure that's the most sensitive thing to say. And that's, that's, coming from the, that's coming from the guy yeah. that just joked about like world population reduction as a, as yeah, a I'm going to be honest. I didn't really like that either. No, it's dark humor. I don't know if it's that it's dark humor. I just think that the people who very seriously talk about like overpopulation and solutions for overpopulation, that doesn't, that's, that often seems to come from a bad racist kind of place, but I don't know. I'm just like, I, I love humor. I really do. I just, I I don't know. I feel like that I didn't like that joke very much. That's fair. I just want to go on record with it. No, that's fine. <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll take that as my, uh, my off color joke for the episode. That's fine. Yeah. Good. It's over now. Now I don't have to look forward at it anymore. <laughs> Oh, I filmed some fun demos today. Oh? Yeah, I filmed uh, demos for the Dwarfcraft Devices Ghost Facts. It's a phase computer. This thing's a beast. I was I was so scared and intimidated about actually demoing it just because it has four settings plus three secret menus on a phaser. The last what? the last phaser I demoed was the DoD two hundred one, which was a one knob phaser. So this one has you can set the what they call the action, or sometimes it's sort of a depth, sometimes it's a speed, sometimes it's a sensitivity. Uh, mix obviously volume because there's a volume drop, especially the higher up your mix gets. Um, a feedback control so you can basically get into self oscillation, and then you can ha- select how many poles you, like the the polarity of, I guess how many poles, I have no idea what that actually means, uh, between two and 32. 
And for some of the settings, the lower the poles, the screecher it is. And it's really funny. It really, I, I think that the manual says you can still make it sound like a computer throwing up forever, which <laughs> is really cool. Uh, and then there's this really, what I think is really cool, especially for the manual setting, is you have uh, a pause switch. So you can just hit the pause switch and then it'll stop It'll stop the movement and just key in on, on that tone and how it sounds at that moment. And that was super fun when I was using uh, the phaser with the ghost fax with the drum machine from the RC-10R by Boss. It was so bleep blop bloopy and oh God, so fun. That sounds like a lot of fun. I do have to admit, though, the moment you said the word fax, I was really thrown because I actually had to send a fax today and I was really confused. Uh, Turns out whatever department I was dealing with only deals in faxes and they don't have an email and was super weird. And, you know, it's funny. I had to actually I tried for like 10 minutes to try and get this thing to actually work. Because there's turns out there's a fax machine at the office. Have you ever sent? You're younger than me, so have you ever sent a fax before? I have, and I used to know how to do it. And specifically, I worked a administrative job back in 2013 to 2015, and I was sending them during that time. But it was built into like the super printer giant monstrosity that they right. had. That yeah, office. that's. It was one of those printers where it, like it staples your prints for no, you, so you can print like those. A high- those are. I'm sorry. Those are great. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I just got really excited about faxes and dropped an f bomb. <laughs> this episode's off the rails. <laughs> and that, ladies and gentlemen, is the fax, and nothing but the fax. Chick. I should really upload that sound effect. You probably should. Yeah. So I want to I want to touch base on something real quick after after having a chance to think and reflect. Uh, is for starters, uh, I I still stand by my dark humor being funny, but I, I I will say that I hope everyone knows that I'm not actually serious. I actually do like people. I don't like death, uh, and also not a racist. So there's also that too, and. Also, that I got completely derailed from talking about that oh, Jennings. Oh, yeah. You got to talk about the guitar more. <laughs> so I feel like that's a really strange way to segue into a guitar. Like, I'm like, like saying, I'm not a racist. Also, let's talk about this Jennings. Yeah, that's a weird segue. Yeah, but I don't know are. where you go from I'm not racist, but. Right. I mean, it's, eh, I mean, I'm a white guy. That lands well every time, right? Yeah. So, anyway, so the Jennings, the the neck feels super comfortable. I haven't uh, wanted to leave it side. I I've almost brought it into the office so I could play it on my lunch break, but uh, didn't want to didn't want to risk anything. I I do need to get some good photos. It, it my golly, it looks so good in person. A couple of photos I've got like it looks stunning, but it looks even more so in person. I've been really really excited by it. Uh, and then I've got the Lambertones cremas in it sound so good uh honestly they sound better in this guitar than they did in the other i had them in an ivan as maybe before. it was the, maybe it's the said, wiring because curtis didn't actually update the the wiring or the pot values or anything well that that could definitely be part of it 
uh i all i know is it just sounds so spanky and the the attack is really crisp mm, nice uh, and really been enjoying it and looking forward to i need to wire up a board I actually need to wire up a couple of boards sometime this week so i've got uh i think i've already talked about the show but i did get a joyo american sound sent to me someone uh, had one laying around that they weren't using so they sent it to me for free and despite my internal desire to run as many amps as possible at once i've just got the one so instead of trying to run wet dry or anything fancy i'm gonna try my hand at setting up a rig with just wet dry or i could i guess i could run the amp sim before my wet effects and then split to stereo i don't know i i'm gonna set that up and wire up an old board for electric with that and then i just picked up uh so the nam episode one of the things i talked about is i want went with the intent of trying to figure out di's and what i would want out of a di situation specifically on bass so i played around a few of the uh the bass booths and i fell in love with the dark glass alpha omega and it was like all right so when i get back to seattle i'm gonna keep my eyes peeled i'm gonna check on reverb and wait for a good deal to happen because they sell for like 300 or 350 no i didn't want to do that uh, and but the use prices start at like two eighty on Reverb. Wow! I was like, what? Well, I mean, if it's a, if it's worth it, it's worth it. I mean, it's a great piece of great piece of kit. It sounds mm-hmm. phenomenal. And so I hadn't been home for more than a few days, and I was already like kicked out of my place essentially uh, with all the the sewage and whatnot that I was dealing with. And I saw a listing for hey, I just need to move this real quick for the cash. Uh, it's in great condition 200 bucks and like are you kidding me so i I hit the guy up and he's like yeah i come up tonight i live in uh i think it was up in shoreline which isn't too far so i went to shoreline i made it happen i I showed up the guy invited me in he had a um, a vintage p base and it was a lot of fun i i really really enjoyed the guy i for i for I forget what the guy's name is genuinely uh, i really should know but i mean super super nice guy uh it, it played really well uh, just right out of, right when he handed it to me all right uh, you are re- recording i uh, uh just to be clear I didn't hear anything that you said because uh, Zencaster, our normal podcasting tool, farted out on us mid-episode. <laughs> mid-episode, the ser- their server is down. We are using a backup option. I swear, I've just like between like this and all the weird band stuff this week. Wow, it's like I'm ha- like the gods are against me creating things. <laughs> Well, and then the fact that I haven't really been able to live in my house for the last week and a half. Yes. It's just been a weird couple of weeks. It's been so weird. It's been so weird. It's actually just been a really weird month. Yeah, 2020's off to a bizarre start. I'm not a fan. Like, like we've got a new plague. We've got, like, pending World War III. Uh, there's a tragic accident where Kobe Bryant passed away. I mean, that's just so it's just a lot to take in. I'm like, it's January. It's not even February. And I'm like ready for this year to be done. Like can, can uh-huh. 2020 chill? 
Yeah. Like, no mas, just, no mas, no quiero. Mellow, mellow your business out. Just mellow it out. Just stop it. No me gusta. Yeah, no mas. No. mal. Very bad. Mm-hmm. Tre mal, tre mal. Ufta, ufta. So, yeah, so un poquito cansado, so, yeah. What were you talking about? I don't even You were talking about your bass pedal yeah yeah i was talking about meeting up with the the bass pedal we'll see if it uh got picked up in the other recording but basically it was posted for way under market value i jumped on it could not have been happier the buyer was super chill invited me he had his uh his rig all plugged in he had a vintage p bass with some flat wounds on it and i forget what the amp was but i was just smitten with the p bass like yeah come plug i just i want you to see it does work uh we can talk a little talk about the podcast a little bit It it was a good time I can't. I still can't believe my, my bassist broke their A string at a show. That's impressive. Yeah. Well, so further proof, bassists really only need one string, right? Oh gosh, it was still it was still kind of hard and weird, but uh, they pulled through. We did it. We did it. <laughs> and then sometimes you play a show and you're like, that didn't go so great. And then you find out certain people were in the audience. You're like, ah. Well. It is what it is. You uh, just got to roll with the punches. I mean, that's just adding to the, to the. It's been a weird year. Yeah, and I think and I've, I've said this at the New York at the New Year's Eve show where more went wrong for me in a show than has ever gone wrong for me in a show, and I still felt like it was my best show of that year because of how I was able to respond. Right, right. Well, so I guess my encouragement for everybody listening to this is if twenty twenty is also treating you terribly. Keep your chin up high, uh, keep moving forward, and, well, I, I guess in the, the most dark and yet happy way uh, so far is we're not dead yet, so we've got that going for us, and we'll uh, keep pressing ahead. Yeah, that's important. Keep playing uh, Keep playing that music. I just got keep, paid for a gig, that gig I did last week. I bet that feels good. Ooh, buddy, that feels real good. Thank you, the crazy, big thanks to the crazy Seattle housing market. Uh, I got paid to play an open house last week, and I just got Which, paid for it. I didn't even realize like open houses did that. Like I know that they they, like, they served food and stuff, but I mean, brilliant move. Yeah, they they usually don't, and it was kind of uh, so it was like a model home, and it was their first one, so they just kind of wanted to make a good impression with people, and it was mostly chill. It was mostly pretty all right, and. Uh, but there were a couple people who would come up like I'm there to play jazz solo chord melody arrangements. And uh, once I realized people weren't really paying that much attention to me, I'm like, well, I'm just going to play time after time by Cindy Lauper for 10 minutes and no one's going to notice because I was being paid to be ignored. But at the same time, a couple dudes, they'd come up to me and they would say, something, you got to play some rock and roll to get stance. You got to play some Eagles or something. Play and free said, bird, man. He said, you got to play some Eagles or something. I was like, I can play some Cindy Lauper. He's like, you don't, you don't know any Eagles. I'm like, nope. <laughs> and then some other guy kept coming back, and it made me kind of uncomfortable. Um, you could tell, you could tell who was there just because you, they knew there'd be free food and free booze. And right. this guy keeps coming up to me, and you know, I, I know he means well, um, but like, it's not like I wasn't allowed to take a break if I needed to get food or get water or get a drink, go to the bathroom. This guy just kept coming up to me like, you need anything? You okay? You need anything? You all right? You good? I'm like, well, and it's kind of distracting while I'm playing. I'm like, 
I'm fine. I'm fine. And later on in the evening, he comes up to me like after an hour and a half. And he's like, I just feel so bad for you. And I was like, why? Why is he getting paid to play guitar? I, I was, yeah. So I said, I'm like, I'm doing my favorite thing in the world right now. This is literally what I would be doing if I was at home watching a movie with my husband. I don't know. That really rubbed me a weird way. Just like, well, I, just I appreciate be cool like the concern, but yeah. I don't know. I was just, yeah. Like, just, if you want to ask me once if I need anything, that's really polite of you. But like, like, I wasn't going to have you get me a beer. I'm working. Right. And that's kind of the thing. It's like, and I've experienced this before, and I've always tried to not be like guilty of it, but. When musicians are playing music, they're working. Like there was one one of those guys came up to me and it was so distracting that I had to like stop playing for, for a minute. Like and talk to this person now. I'm like, wow, this is not what I'm supposed to be doing. And it was weird because like they, they I got there and the people who were running the open house, they they showed me to where I was supposed to be. And then when people arrived and I started playing, they never came up to me again, never really acknowledged me again, never made any like comments about my volume level. So, or, like, my reverb or delay or anything. Like, not that they would... I would just assume they would come and be like, make that thing stop making that noise. Like, something weird's happening and I just don't like it. But, uh... So I guess they were happy with it. They paid uh, promptly. And I hope I get more gigs like that. Because it was easy and enjoyable. I spent a lot of time learning some new tunes for it. Uh... So I'm going to try to get more gigs like that. Maybe at this place called Hotel Sorrento. I know that they do. Uh, they pay well to perform during a dinner service for three hours. And that's exactly the same kind of thing. Plus you get half off the food at Hotel Sorrento. Hell yeah. Book me. Tiffany, book me. She books Hotel Sorrento. She does. Mm-hmm. She's pretty dope. Yeah. Cool. Um. Well... Is there anything else? I feel like this has been a lot of catching up because we really haven't talked in a while. It's been a hot second. I do got to say, um, oh, I, I got to fill you guys in. I've got, as if there's not like enough new stuff I've got going on, most of which I haven't had a chance to plug in yet because I haven't been home, uh, is I just got uh, a package in the mail literally today from a certain Jonathan Diaz. From the FX and- loop. Podcast. From the effects loop podcast, uh, and it what's inside the package is the newest, uh, latest and greatest update to my trade in trade up scheme, which it, I, I thought was starting to stagnate a little bit because I've been holding on to that DD five for a while, but I just traded up, uh, traded up well to a TC Electronic um, flashback times four. Oh damn! And he agreed to it, and uh, I, I'm pretty stoked. So I, that's uh, quite the trade-up. And for those of you who have, uh, don't remember when we started this little game I've been kind of sporadically running over the last almost year now, is I started off with like a $20 overdrive pedal, and I've been slowly trading with other folks, trading up and up. So with that in mind... The end goal is just to see how far I can take this and get away with it. But if you want to trade for a TC Electronic Flashback Times 4 that's in pristine condition, uh, let me know. Because I don't know how long I'm going to hold on to it. 
uh, I'm going to have a little bit of fun with it, but I'm, I'm definitely looking to uh, flip it again. We'll see how far I can get to this. Nice. So, so what, I'm sorry, did you say how much the TC Electronic runs for on a reverb price guide? Oh, yeah. Let's, uh, you know, I honestly don't know off the top of my head. I really should check these things. Yeah. So it's um, Flashback X4. Is that what it's called? Delay. In, oh, it's got a looper in it. I've never had a looper before. Is it an X4? Is that what it's called? Yeah. Right. So they go for as low as 120. Yeah. Um, but I mean, for a DD5, it was a modded DD5, but that means that the resale value is Lower. in the eye of the beholder because it wasn't yeah. a common modification. So this gives me a pretty strong. This is it, even, the, even the JHS mod was between $80 and $115. And that's probably one of the mods that people prefer. That actually added value. Um, yeah, so you at worst evened out and at most got a slightly higher value on this one. I think I think the the cool thing and the, the tough thing with the DD5 I had before is so the analog man modded DD5 for a kill dry, mm -hmm. which is super cool. Uh, but you've got to find the right person who who would want to use that because otherwise it's just a regular DD5. Right. And uh, I think not everybody wants 100 percent wet. A uh, <laughs> um, sorry, I shouldn't have said that. <laughs> and wow, <laughs> I, you're as was... bad as that bad commenter I had to delete today on the YouTubes. <laughs> No, you're not. That was disgusting. Well, that, Even that, that, was, that made that made dirty joke Emily go, ugh. <laughs> that was that was no that that guy went see you're you're just you're out to make me sound like such a terrible person today. I'm doing a great job by myself, thank you. No, that was so if everyone missed out on the drama, you if you were in our like secret chat for patrons for us on Patreon and we'll add you to that, you would have gotten to see a screenshot of this message this guy sent before I responded. You're an effing loser. <laughs> Deleted all of his comments and banned him from the channel. Yeah. But, uh, he, he, uh, yeah, he, he made some suggestions of what he would, what he would want to do to me sexually. And then he told me I looked, quote, delicious. And I was like, wow, that is some serial killer stuff. Right yeah, I was going to say, like, are you going to, like, some fava beans and a nice Chianti? Like, are you going to like make me into a lamp and wear me as a face mask? <laughs> no. It was it was super creepy and way over the top. I had to uh, Google one of those things that he said he wanted to do to me. <laughs> why would you Google that willingly? Uh, I was curious. <laughs> oh man, it took four months for someone on YouTube to do that, so I'm count that as a win. We should probably get into the topic. <laughs> Well, anyways, I, I would definitely like to move on from you comparing middle school, my inner middle schooler, giggle at borderline funny things. That was funny. Uh, I, I As soon as I said it, I was like, that's a little funny. Well, anyways, I, I'm glad it sounds like Diaz is going to really enjoy that. And I've got something that's a little bit more tangible in value that I can start flipping around. Nice. Uh, I've definitely got some like wish list items that I would love to have, but I don't know. We'll see what I get into it. I think I'm going to have a little bit of fun with a looper. 
I've never owned a looper before. I don't know if I even know what to do with that. Really? Well, I really think that if nothing else, they're good for practicing, especially if you want to like try some improvisational lead stuff over a chord progression. Um, yeah, I think they're pretty invaluable for that. That's probably the number one way I use them still. I could see that. Mm -hmm. I also write on them a lot. I could also see that, yeah. Yeah. Well, I guess I'll have a take a good run with it before I turn around and flip it and have some fun. If you've got any ideas for in the round, the price range of like 120 bucks um, and up, I would love to talk. Mm-hmm. You should maybe Send maybe even get one of those Tysco pedals because those are around the 130 range. That'd be fun. We will see. That that would be a heck of a flip if they if they took a flip for a used pedal for one of their new pedals. Mm-hmm. I don't know. <laughs> I don't. Know. I think I got along with Ben pretty well when I interviewed him. He seemed like Maybe. a super rad dude. Oh, and he uh, Ben just hit me up on Instagram. He was sending me the. Uh, uh, let me pull it up. Who was it? He just sent. There's another company that released a pedal with faders on it. From Mythos other than, paid, other than Mythos, Old Blood. Other than Old Blood, this comes from Mythos Pedals, the Susmeri Osep. I don't even know how to pronounce that. Spell it. S-U-S-M-A-R-Y-O-S-E-P. M-A-R-Y-S-O. Samarisip? Like... sounds is how I would say that. Samarisip? Yep. Oh, it's a do-it-all pedal with numbers... it. Clean boost overdrive and a simple yet musical echo circuit. And we see here that uh, Mark Johnson says yes, year of the sliders. Yeah. You know, I I I heard everybody say it, Nan, that they were thinking that it's going to be year of the collaboration. And I, Ben Mark, said sliders, and no, Mark said sliders. Mark said sliders, sliders. and yeah. I, good, gosh darn diggity dog. He's I think he's right. <laughs> I, I do think that I do think that Matt Hoop should make that DRV with sliders. You know, can we, Matt, my dear Matt, my friend Mr. Hoops, if you're listening to this, can can you make me a custom DRV with sliders in orange? I don't know why I'm so surprised by this, but this pedal is three hundred dollars. That's a lot. That is a but lot. But it's also two pedals in one. I mean, I get that I get having um, boost and overdrive in the same. Totally, totally get that. But to slap a, an echo in there. I feel like you could probably get away with that being like an all in one. Uh, yeah, especially if your amp has reverb. Right. Just as like a, a flyboard. Mm -hmm. Bare let me, bones. Let me look at something. Moon it doesn't look like there's a time control on that mix or on the echo. It's just a mix for like a wet dry mix. Interesting. Oh, well, that's not weird. That's not too bad. Uh, you, but you could get a, a, a Dr. No Moon Canyon for $405 and that has a boost overdrive, a delay and a reverb. The, the delay and the reverb are separate switches. The cool thing about that, other than the way it looks, is that it has that effects loop. Does this have an effects loop? No. No, it doesn't look like it. That's probably fine. That's neat. I've never played one of their pedals. Well, uh, I think that I think that is going to officially do it. It's not 
I hate to say it. I think I don't even hate to say it. I mean, Mark Mark is a good guy. I'm gonna have to give this one this this one to him. Mark Johnston, you are one hundred percent correct. Yeah. Uh, I, I I think I think this is the way this is going. Yeah, I'm 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 here for it. I know that the faders aren't quite as robust as knobs or just normal pots, but damn, they're so cool. And I was playing at Tysco pedal, and the only down the only negative I had about the entirety of that Tysco pedal was because the white knobs blend in with the white background of the pedal. It's hard to just look at it and know what your settings are. And faders, flyers, they like flying faders, especially flyers, faders, just faders, faders, Emily, faders. Uh, you don't have that problem. You just know what it is that you're looking at. Well, to be fair, if you're running that Tysco fuzz and it's not like dimed out, you're doing it wrong. So. <laughs> I think diming the gain and maybe even. Uh, cranking the volume is great, but I prefer the tone a smidge on the dark side. Well, speak for yourself. I just like making people's ears bleed. When when this demo comes out, people can tell me what they think. Well, I'm looking forward to it. Yeah. Actually, I reshot that demo after I went back and watched Ryan Burke's. I was like, damn it, that's so much better than mine. And I redid the whole thing. So... Yeah. Um, you want to talk about sponsors? Uh, yeah, let's talk sponsor. Oh, one more thing. I've got a shout out. There's so much to catch up on. Uh, shout out uh, to Mike Adams for finding me at NAM and getting a free T-shirt. And I just saw in his. Um, he's wearing his, it. A big thing he did. He's wearing it at like an event. Yeah. Like three people tagged us and like commented. I'm like, that's so cool. And I, I freaking love Mike. And I, yeah. it, I'm like, I just ha gave him the one like really firm, warm embrace when yeah. I saw, when I when I saw him, and I got to say that was, that was the best hug I got at Nam. I was about to say I I would imagine that Mike gives the best hugs. It, it was legitimately not no contest the best yeah. hug I got at Nam, and I'm feeling the effects of the withdrawals right now because I mean. Aww. That Mike, dopamine hit. <laughs> Mike, you got to come up here and give me another hug because that was, that was delightful. Aww, yeah, amen. Uh, speaking of people, I think we give great hugs. <laughs> <laughs> All right, our sponsors. sponsor this week is Dwarfcraft Dwarfcraft Devices, and I do imagine that Ben and Louise give great hugs. <laughs> but um. So Dwarfcraft has been a supporter of the show for a long time uh, in whatever capacity they have. You heard me earlier talk about the Ghostfax phase computer. Uh, if you play with a drum machine ever, you owe it to yourself to experience the bleeps and bloops and blops and the doobie doobies of the Ghostfax. <laughs> it, it made me... The doobies? Shooby-dooby-doo. Doobie -doo. you're, talk you're talking to a guy who's drinking caffeine coke. You want you're talking about drugs? Come on. I'm drinking gin and tonic. I already had weed today. Uh, mm -hmm. Drugs, <laughs> they're bad for you. Stop. Yeah, no, I'm not going to buy that. Um, yeah, so Dwarfcraft is a sponsor of this week's episode. And also, if you're listening to this before the end of January, which cannot come soon enough, uh, you still have time to enter to win a limited edition pink grazer from us. Go to our Instagram. 
find a picture. Uh, I posted the pink grazer uh, comment tagging two friends in it. Real people, friends, real human beings who play guitar, ideally. Uh, follow us and Dwarfcraft devices and then just reshare that. Boom, you're entered. Congratulations. Look forward to you potentially winning this pedal. Uh, I probably won't draw the winner on the 31st because I will need to compile all the things so it will take me a minute. Um, but yes, enter. Enter to win this pedal. It's one of my favorites of all time is the Grazer. It's lovely. That's all I have to say well, about Well, there that. you have it. And yeah. uh, other sponsor for the show is the delightful gentleman that made my incredible creamsicle guitar. Um, I'll have photos up on up, up the podcast this week. Uh, I should be able to get into my studio, get some good photos here soon. But check it out. I, uh, it's just so freaking gorgeous. Uh, Chad Jennings of Jennings Guitars knocked out of the park with this. Uh, he, he, took, he took the time to hear me out and all the specs. Uh, the execution is great, and I'm just so happy to have it. Uh, if you're waffling on whether or not to get a Jennings, uh, hit me up. Let's talk. Let me talk you through uh, what your concerns or questions are. And uh, and if you're like kind of on the edge, just do it. Just just do it before just you raise it. the prices again. Because yeah, that's he, what demand uh, that's what demand does. People want the guitars more. The prices go up. Supply and demand, and I, honest to goodness, he's undercharging for his guitars right now, and I told him that. And yeah. he's like, yeah, people keep telling me that, but, you know, I'm like, buddy, you can, you, you, you should be charging more. And so we'll see how long it's going to take for him to, to cave in. I know he's got a huge part for wanting to get quality instruments into people's hands for an affordable price. So uh, before the throes of capitalism uh, envelop him, just jump, jump on that train. Get your foot in the yeah. door. Make it happen. Yeah. Jump on it. Jump. Jump, jump on jump it. Jump on it. <laughs> All right. Topic. This was your idea, so you're going to have to lead lead this. All right. So topic idea on this. Uh, topic today is going to be discussing Fender. What about uh, Fender? So I, I would love to talk about the, the shock today that Fender's getting its uh, – management or not management um its ownership moved around a little bit but that's not the news that i've been looking at over the last week and certainly not the news that it the same time concerns and intrigues me all at the same time because that's just that's ownership mm-hmm. uh, that kind of is what it is and i'm not sure what that means yet but What's important is that Fender just had to pay out a ridiculously high fine to the United Kingdom. So to our friends across the pond, pond, uh, they fined Fender four and a half million bucks after a change rate. Why? Four and a half million bucks for quote unquote price fixing. I think that the United States and the UK have very different ideas of what price fixing is. Um, because I know that, uh, the issue was with map pricing, um, and trying to enforce it there the same way they enforce it here. So we've talked about this a little bit on previous episodes, but there's something called MAP map minimum advertised pricing. And the idea is that it protects, uh, 
the brand because they are charging what they think they're pro everybody's paying the same for their products i mean you look at the, these brands that you can you can just glance at brands and you can tell which ones um don't ever offer discounts don't allow discounts have that minimum advertised price uh strymon is probably the most famous of the brands where uh new you're always going to pay the same amount of money for their pedals so you know that when you see that pedal, that's the price you're going to pay. You don't have that buyer's remorse uh, or feeling of, damn, when you find something uh, for a lot less money later. In the United States, that's very common and generally um, approved of. Uh, and everyone can have their own opinion about it. Uh, not really a big deal. Um but apparently in the UK, this is considered just straight up price fixing. And I mean, on one hand, it kind of is. Uh, but on the other hand, you wonder what is the fine line? Like, where is where lie where lies the line of um, what's price fixing and what's just a brand brand protecting its own thing? Yeah. Yeah, um, I've got thoughts on that. It, some of the language I've been hearing about it is like straight up like price fixing. Some of it I've heard it is more of a uh, specific to just the online nature. And it sounds like it, what they're describing is minimum advertised price, which is totally uh, is not the same acronym that they're using in some of the articles here. It seemed like the real issue from the Billboard article was that um, it seems that some of the conversations about the pricing of the objects and the guitars specifically was um, what was it's intentionally not done via written communications. So they considered that vaguely a cover up. Right, right. I mean, I, I definitely see where it could possibly look like that. If they, if regardless of whether or not they agreed with the rules, if they knew that they were skirting what the rules technically were, I could definitely see that. But what I, what they're saying it is, is uh, a practice known as resale price maintenance. I mean, that just sounds like a different way to look at it. But my concerns about it are for the terms of the laws for the UK is. Uh, I think that really screws mom and pa shops. And I could be totally wrong on this, but that's what immediately jumps to my mind. Yeah, is, totally. Because they because if you're you're giving vendors full reign to price the equipment at whatever they want to, larger shops are gonna be able to price it down further and make up for it with volume. It's exactly what happened to Best Buy and the C D market. And you know, there there are two sides to this coin was that Best Buy was intentionally losing money on CDs so they could bring people in to buy the, the higher-priced items that they sell. And on the other hand, you had music stores, uh, especially small ones, that couldn't compete and were also, on top of that, incentivized by record labels to charge $20 for a CD. So, I mean, right. that, that, one, that one goes both ways, that, like, everyone sucked. But, uh, uh, yeah, but, it I mean, hurts all In this labels. case, like, I, I get that there's the argument of like, well, we're trying to like cut down a monopoly in terms of Fender, like monopolizing whatever is they're selling and letting the free market decide how much it's worth. Because if there's demand, then 
then the shops will want to keep the prices up so they can make the most out of every sale. And the, the, the idea is that should they should let the shops decide. And I guess I kind of see that at the same time, I, I see how that could that could hurt Fender in terms of their pricing structure and sustainability. Uh, and I also don't see any sort of argument for for Fender being a monopoly. I mean, I really don't. Fender is great, and I love Fender a lot, but there's a lot of great builders out there that do styles that are similar to and evoke Fender looks. I mean, if we're lying if we say that Sir doesn't make strats. I mean, right. they call it the yeah, style and the T-style, but we all know. I mean, that's just – it's a boutique Fender if we're being really honest. And I don't think there's anything that wrong with that. Mm-hmm. That that's a different discussion altogether, though. But it, it, Fender definitely doesn't have any sort of monopoly on that style of guitar, of the sounds that they get, and um, the look and feel. And I think that's enough free market in it of itself that I I really feel pretty okay with letting Fender set the prices on that. Yeah, it is. I mean, th- there are pros and cons to to all of it. it both opinions. I mean. You can look at it and say, well, it, it doesn't enable the buyer because we're we're looking at this and we're speaking from a, a, a perspective where in our minds, I feel like we're protecting the businesses and stuff. And like, do buyers have the, the right to be able to negotiate down prices? Absolutely. I mean, you have the right to you. Ha- you should have the right to be able to find the best price on whatever you have. Right, but I mean, we've got the same thing in here, though, and you can still negotiate the price with um, Sweetwater. They've got their sales reps, and everybody knows full well if you reach out to your price rep. uh, I mean, create account, get assigned a price rep, and just see, hey, what can you do for me on this? If I'm buying a whole lot of things, can I get like a a group buy discount or a large ticket discount kind of a deal? I mean, the options are there, and that's for online retail. Uh, so it, it doesn't. But that's not that's not that. something that that's something that okay. If we're gonna talk about it like this, like if you want to talk about like who ha, who does being able to negotiate price help? It doesn't help everybody because not everybody is gonna be able to negotiate that price because one, not everyone feels com- comfortable doing that. Not everybody wants to right. do that. And two, uh, there are internalized biases that people have um, concerning uh, negotiations. And I, it, I, I've, I know I've read studies that show that, um, especially women who try to negotiate prices from men are seen less positively than men who try to negotiate prices from men. And that is something that I have experienced <laughs> firsthand. Yeah. Like women will negotiate with other women and will negotiate with other men. Uh, women will probably negotiate with men. Um, but women who try to, you know, get a better price are seen as being bitches or something. I don't know. I'm not wonder, gonna I wonder, I'd be really curious to look at the data on that. I will see if I can find that study or if I'm just making it up because that's been my experience. But, um, oh, yeah, no, I, I certainly believe the experience part of it. I'm just curious about the data. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, it, it starts to get messy. Fender did agree to pay for the fine. I, I'm not well, sure they, if because, it, because if they lost in the course case, they would have they would owe 10% of their global sales, so 4.5 million dollars is like preferable or whatever right no especially if they they look at that metric and go yeah that's not a battle we're gonna win yeah 
Right. And Casio so, just did the same thing happened to Casio last year, too. Yeah, they got hit with $3.7 million. So the yeah. Fender just got hit the biggest one. The UK is really clamping down and basically saying this is a warning message to everybody else who's trying to do this. Mm-hmm. But I, I, I see I, – I definitely lean towards the direction of like, come on. Like I, I love my friends across the pond. I just don't see the argument there. And I'm certainly not sure I see the argument strong enough to want to find like four and a half million bucks. Yeah. I feel like there's got to be a piece of the puzzle missing. But as I'm reading through all these articles, it just seems like a it it seems like what to us in America seems like a really standard business practice. And it's really throwing me off it. There's lots of standard business practices in America that are messed up, like our entire healthcare system. Right. Well, and I don't don't disagree with that. Uh, in so terms maybe, of- maybe they're onto something. Maybe we're too protective of businesses and not protective enough of individuals. Or maybe the UK feels like they're protecting businesses, but actually they're hurting mom and pops. Who, who's like we don't really know because we don't have the research. We just have these gut kind of gut feelings and things that should make sense. But um, you know, I I love Fender, and you know, I think their guitars are worth it, especially their Squire oh, absolutely. They're- right now and. Um, yeah, I just uh, I don't think we we know a ton about the story, but it's a it's a very interesting thing that has happened for sure. So let's go with this. We are sharing the information we've got. We are sharing our preliminary thoughts and questions about it to all of my friends in the UK and all of my friends who are savvy on the business aspect of it. Please send us an explanation. Send us your perspective. I I'm eager to hear. Legit, I'm not. I, I admit that I'm skeptical and I'm not saying that I don't quite understand, but I want to understand. So send us a message on any of our social media. Let's start this conversation. Let, let, let's, I just want to help understand where this is going because I really do think that this is going to have major ramifications for the future. Yeah. I hear that. So. Uh, post actually post that in our, um, let's have a conversation in our Facebook group. Absolutely. Join the Facebook group. Um, yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Well, I think that's all we've got for this episode. Yeah, uh, I think you're right. Get that ball rolling. I wanted to call it out. I know that's the kind of news that might have flown under the radar. But let's be informed consumers. Let's know what we're talking about. And uh, let's uh, talk about what this means for the future of our industry. And let's fight for a better future. Cool. So with, that, right. with that, I'm Andrew. I'm Emily. Thanks for listening. Thanks for understanding. All right, ready? Bye. Bye. Bye.